Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Saturday, December 28th, 2019. It's amazing how many people out there try to defend the traditional Catholic faith by disregarding and contradicting the traditional Catholic faith. Case in point, the Hermits of Westray, Scotland. Earlier this year, I think it was around May, they published a declaration on their website, The Trumpeteer, in which they formally severed their communion with Francis, Not, mind you, while pointing out that he cannot be the Pope of the Catholic Church and therefore they're withdrawing their communion with him, but rather while still fully accepting him as a legitimate Pope. Among the things they wrote in that declaration, entitled With Great Grief, is the following, quote, The bride has become the harlot of old. Tragically, the head of the church on earth, Pope Francis, by his utterances, his behavior, his teaching and his actions, has shown himself to be indeed a great heretic. We who are watchmen for the church, who must speak from the watchtower of truth, have no option but to withdraw our obedience from Pope Francis and sever communion with the Holy See. We do this with great fear and trepidation, but we cannot take part in the Pope's sin. This is not an act of schism, nor is it an act of defiance. It is an act of real prudence. For no one in their right mind would stay in a burning building, nor would they silently go down with a sinking ship. The Holy Roman Church over the last 60 years is being transformed inexorably into the false church prophesied by Blessed Anna Catherine Emmerich. The Church's structures and her teachings have been infected by heresy and wrongdoing, and those who are of the Church of Christ must come out of the false church, just as the early Christians were miraculously called out of Jerusalem before it was destroyed in A.D. 70. Truly, these are desperate times which require desperate measures. We have most reluctantly had to take such a drastic stand because the successors of the apostles, namely the bishops, faced with the horror of an apostate pope, have failed to defend the gates of the church as the hordes of hell ransack so much of the city of God." Now, assuming for a minute that Francis were a true pope and his modernist sect were the Catholic Church, then what these hermits just said in that declaration is a formal act of schism. And in any case, it is loaded with heresy, for it claims that the Catholic Church can defect, that it can be prudent to withdraw from communion with the Roman pontiff, when that is the very definition of schism, and it claims that the bride of Christ has become a prostitute. That is blasphemy. In his encyclical Mortalium Animos, which you would think the supposed defenders of traditional Catholicism are familiar with, Pope Pius XI wrote, quote, During the lapse of centuries, the mystical spouse of Christ has never been contaminated, nor can she ever in the future be contaminated, unquote. And then the Pope quotes St. Cyprian as follows, quote, The bride of Christ cannot be made false to her spouse. She is incorrupt and modest. She knows but one dwelling. She guards the sanctity of the nuptial chamber chastely and modestly. That's Mortalium Animos, 
paragraph number 10. In the very next paragraph, the same Pope Pius XI writes, quote, Furthermore, in this one church of Christ, no man can be or remain who does not accept, recognize, and obey the authority and supremacy of Peter and his legitimate successors. Unquote. So much for recognize and resist. The true teaching is recognize and obey. In 1908, in his apostolic letter, Tuum Illud, Pope St. Pius X had taught, quote, What is of highest importance to the safeguarding of Catholic truth is to follow and obey the successor of St. Peter with the greatest faith, unquote. And of course, we all know the dogmatic declaration by Pope Boniface VIII in the Bull Unam Sanctum in the year 1302, quote, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff, unquote. Well, in any case, the reason I'm bringing up this declaration now is that just a few days ago on Christmas Eve, December 24th, the hermits received a formal decree of excommunication from the Novus Ordo bishop in whose diocese they reside, Mr. Brian McGee. And now, apparently, the hermits are aghast. Well, duh, what were they thinking? Of course they're going to be excommunicated by the man they think is their legitimate bishop if they declare straight up that they're withdrawing from communion with the man they all acknowledge to be the vicar of Christ. Why should this be surprising? And why are they upset? They themselves had already declared that they're out of communion with the entity their bishop is in communion with, so obviously they've also withdrawn from communion with their bishop. So the bishop, well, he's a layman, of course, but he's officially their bishop, is simply ratifying from his end that they have indeed separated themselves from what both sides believe to be the Catholic communion. In a response to the decree of excommunication, the hermits write to Mr. McGee, quote, that you should have sent it so close to Christmas shows a heartlessness that does you no credit, unquote. That is absurd. They themselves had already declared that they have no communion with what they believe to be the Holy See, and so they're the ones who cut themselves off. That was back in May, or maybe it was April. And the Novus Ordo Bishop waited until late December to issue a decree of excommunication. If anything, you could say that was pretty lenient. Further on in their response to the decree, the hermits of course point out that they are defiant as ever and retract nothing of what they said in their original declaration. In fact, they berate their bishop for not denouncing Francis for his heresies and stuff, and of course they're entirely right in doing that. But the point is that they cannot hold that Francis teaches heresy and apostasy in his magisterium and still be the Pope. Nor can they hold that the Catholic Church has defected, as they obviously are saying, nor can they withdraw from submission to the person they still hold as the legitimate vicar of Christ on earth. They cannot do any of that without themselves denying the traditional Catholic faith that they, quite rightly, accuse Francis of denying. And so it's ironic to an absurd degree that in their reply they accuse Francis of being a great betrayer of the faith when they themselves are betraying it. They're just betraying it with regard to different dogmas than Francis. 
But if you're a heretic, you're a heretic and not a Catholic. It doesn't matter, as far as that goes, whether you're a heretic for denying the papacy or the Immaculate Conception or the indissolubility of marriage. The hermit's last sentence in their response to the decree of excommunication reads, quote, There is nothing more to say, and so we declare your excommunication as utterly worthless and totally null and void, unquote. Funny, that's the same people who typically accuse Sedevacanists of private judgment, and here they are, possessing no authority whatsoever, presuming to declare their bishop's decree of excommunication to be null and void. Yeah, well, I think pretty much all heretics consider their own excommunications to be worthless. And although it's true that it's possible for a bishop to issue an excommunication unjustly, in which case it is of no effect, nevertheless, in this case, the excommunication isn't unjust, if we suppose for a moment that McGee were the lawful bishop with the power to excommunicate, and even if it were unjust, the hermits have no power to declare it void. Furthermore, and this is where it pays once again to be actually somewhat familiar with the traditional Catholic faith one claims to be defending and upholding, Pope Clement XI condemned the teaching of the Jansenist Pascal Quesnel that an unjust excommunication need not be feared. Listen to this. Quote, the fear of an unjust excommunication should never hinder us from fulfilling our duty. Never are we separated from the church, even when by the wickedness of men we seem to be expelled from it as long as we are attached to God, to Jesus Christ, and to the church herself by charity. Unquote. That is condemned by Clement XI. And another one, quote, to suffer in peace an excommunication and an unjust anathema rather than betray truth is to imitate St. Paul, far be it from rebelling against authority or of destroying unity, unquote. Again, this too was condemned by Pope Clement XI on September 8, 1713, in the Apostolic Constitution Unigenitus. And you can look that up for yourselves in Denzinger, Numbers 1441 and 42. Now let me finish by quoting you some beautiful passages from the encyclical letter Quartus Supra of Pope Pius IX. It is unfortunately much too little known among traditionalists, and yet it is of the greatest importance and highly relevant to what we're discussing here. The document reads like it was written specifically to counter and condemn the Society of St. Pius X and other recognize and resist proponents. Here are some excerpts. Quote, it has always been the custom of heretics and schismatics to call themselves Catholics and to proclaim their many excellences in order to lead peoples and princes into error. For any man to be able to prove his Catholic faith and affirm that he is truly a Catholic, he must be able to convince the apostolic see of this. For this see is predominant, and with it the faithful of the whole church should agree. And the man who abandons the see of Peter can only be falsely confident that he is in the church. Whoever the Roman pontiff judges to be a schismatic for not expressly admitting and reverencing his power must stop calling himself Catholic. 
But if one should be afraid even of an unjust condemnation by one's bishop, what must be said of those men who have been condemned for rebelling against their bishop and this apostolic see, and tearing to pieces, as they are now doing by a new schism, the seamless garment of Christ, which is the church? The Catholic Church has always regarded as schismatic those who obstinately oppose the lawful prelates of the church, and in particular, the chief shepherd of all. Unquote. Again, that was Pope Pius IX, Encyclical Quartus Supra of 1873. Go to papalencyclicals.net and read the whole thing and ask yourself why you were told about this encyclical by a state of a contest and not by your favorite recognize and resist pundit. Diabolical disorientation. Ah, that must be the reason. Tratcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.